Welcome to Karate in the Garage. I'm Corey Cope. I'm Freddie Wolf. It's Kickstart number two for 2024 in the bloom of the year. You know how uh, I love a good number two. <laughs> hey, by the way, real quick to the lead, get to that. Uh, it was uh, Tom Ellicott's birthday on Sunday or Saturday. Sorry, Tom. Happy birthday, Tom. Tom's in his last year of his 30s. A boo-hoo. <laughs> he went saw Grease too. That's why I was bringing up the, you said the good number twos and that was oh. our last movie of our good number twos. There you go. Happy birthday, Tom Capricorn. Technically it wasn't. Sure. Remember we dropped Jaws two as a surprise. Jaws two transcends all number twos. Yes. It transcended into July, which was perfect. It's right up there with Empire Strikes Back as best number twos ever. Yeah. I watched scary movie two a couple weeks ago. Yeah, me too. I watch yeah. it every Christmas for some reason. It's <laughs> why is that? I don't know, man. It's just a movie like I cannot. If I come across it, I'll watch it. If it shows up in my like, you might like, I'll just fucking click it because they know I might like it and I do like it. You know what's so funny about that movie? That movie could fit in like it did. It fit in the good number twos. It could fit into September because it's a ghost movie. Yeah, uh, it's a Christmas movie apparently. <laughs> for me, for that you. And, uh, Friday after next. We're not going to go down that road, are we? I don't know. <laughs> oh, shit. Um, I got this thing that's holding on to me forever, so that's why I still sound like I'm I'm a little congested. It's just my cough. My cough's been brutal this week, so excuse my my uh, my Kathleen Turner voice today. I was going to say, it sounds like you drank too much NyQuil. I didn't drink enough, apparently. Yes. Anyway. Well, one or the other. That, that's the thing with NyQuil. <laughs> you either drink too much or not enough. Right. There's no happy medium. We talked about that before we got on mic about cough cough drops, man. Because there's people yeah. have a cough drops kind of like crack for us, and Dude. and it's like once you've gotten once you've had a couple, it's you're going to empty the bag, and then you feel like shit. Yeah. yeah, I mean the thing is, is you know they're like candy. They are like candy. <laughs> Sometimes you got to give them candy. <laughs> Scary movie too. Scary movie too. Yeah. You know, it's funny is I feel like uh, with last year, if last week was our sort of wrap up of 2023, yeah. Letterbox is a week behind because uh, like like me, you probably also got your 2023 year in review from yes. Letterboxd uh, yes, I did. this last week. Mine was quite hilarious. I was like, wow. So I only logged three movies that came out in 2023. <laughs> I It's funny because I logged um, like, and I'm not kidding about this, 18 I logged, I logged 18 movies, <laughs> three of them for last year. For the year, then, you mean? Yeah, for the entire year. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, I logged 84. 84. Well, and it's funny because the three that I that I logged for last year were the three I've already mentioned. I mentioned them last week. Godzilla, uh, Minus Zero, I'm oh, sorry, Minus One, Evil Dead Rise, and what, what was the third one? It was such an impressionable movie, I forgot it already. <laughs> oh, uh, uh, Killer? Killer. Yeah. There you go. But no, I was like, and, and everything else that I logged was older movies that we watched last year. Huh. huh. Crazy, huh? Very much so. So what was your, what was, <laughs> what was your epiphany for, from your, your list of what you watched last year? That my most watched actor was Ernest Borgnine. Yeah, I can see that. No, it, it was. That was like, that was that. <laughs> my most watched director, Robert Aldrich. Yeah. <laughs> Which shouldn't shock anybody. My first film that I logged for 2023, The Sixth Sense <laughs> on oh, April geez. 9th. 
on April 9th, my first shit, what was my first one? Hold on, I gotta look at the app because the, the the desktop version doesn't show you anything. Piece of shit. Hold on. This thing's fucking yeah, slow. I, I shit. Have, obviously, I mean, it's funny because I was working. I, I, there are a ton more movies I watched. So honestly, I watched more than 84 movies because I, you know, everything we talked about and covered Ju- January, February, and March isn't, in, isn't included in here. Oh, Cabin in the Woods was my first movie of the year. January 11th. What was your 50th movie of the year? Oh, you didn't get to 50. Uh, no, no, I got to, oh, 19 is what I got to. Sorry, not not whatever the hell I said, 19. <laughs> 50th movie for me this year was Two Guns. Two Guns. Yeah. That's funny. I still haven't cracked mine open. I got that 4K. I haven't watched it yet. Last movie, apparently. My last was movie last? was uh, Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent when I watched it with Joey on the day after Christmas. My last movie, according to the letterbox, was The Other Zoe. <laughs> Hey, what's that movie? <laughs> well, it, it didn't make the uh, highest rated films of 2023, according to Letterboxd, because I've only got uh, three there that I watched in 2023 that, uh, you know, they deem worthy. The Killer, Mission Impossible, and The Flower Moon, which I, I you know, I gave it three stars, but yeah. I guess it still rates pretty high on their site. <laughs> That's encouraging. Sure. I had like 52 likes, so I don't know what I what I like 52 times, but only watch night. I mean, we all know I watch more than 19 movies. The thing we talked about was that when it comes to Letterbox, we try not to like tell people what we watched <laughs> before sure. episodes come out, so it kind of bites you in the butt. And then if you put something in there, I mean, I've had people in the past where I've logged a movie that we're not covering, go, "Oh, is that the episode this week?" And I got get done answering that question. I'm like, no, it's not. Not that I would tell you anyway before it came out. Dude, I I love how they break this all down to like, you know, they give you your top 10, you know, most watched actors. Right. <laughs> because if you would have told me that Matt Damon, I watched four Matt, movies with Matt Damon, I would have been like, what? Which ones? <laughs> and I, I still am standing by that. Which ones? <laughs> Which ones? Who was my, hold on, who was my, uh, who was my, my top star? Linda Cardellini was my most watched. I want to know why all my pictures uh, out of the top 10, eight of them are black and white. <laughs> the photos. Oh, really? Yes. And, uh, and who is Percy Helton? <clears throat> well, in a Carlini, we did. <laughs> we covered in, in September. What was the other thing? Oh, Scooby-Doo too. That's what it was. There you go. What was Carlini in in September? I'm not saying it. <laughs> is she in the others? No, it's the one we, we, we struggle with pronouncing. <laughs> oh, right. Yes, correct. Holy smokes. Yeah, <laughs> forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah, she don't, she, uh, that must have been the only movie I saw with her because she didn't, uh, you know, yeah, there's a, there's a five-way tie there at the bottom with, uh, you know, Lance Henriksen, John Hawks, Dennis Quaid, Percy Helton, and Ida Lupino, all with three films apiece. Damn it, I had Justin Long for two. The hell I watched with Justin Long was twice. Live Free, Die Hard. You watched it twice and Drag Me to Hell, probably. Oh, no. Hold on. Let's see. I would have watched. Oh, I know what it was. It was It's a Wonderful Knife and I watched um, Barbarian again. Ah. That's what, yeah. I think the last movie I remember seeing was Justin Long, where I was conscious of knowing I was going into a movie, watching a Justin Long movie was probably (laughs) Drag Me to Hell. Drag Me to Hell. I like Drag Me to Hell. Yeah, it was kind of probably maybe maybe my last. It's it's in my you know if my Sam Raimi uh, you know it's in my Sam Raimi top five for sure. 
Yeah. You can't love endings that don't, don't give a fuck. I mean, you th- you don't really think, because I mean, how many times do you see a horror movie where the, the title never lives up to the, the movie doesn't live up to the title. Right. It doesn't actually come through. That one does. <laughs> so happily ever after there. Does Hey Mary always have happily ever after movies except for that one? No, huh? Uh, I don't know. Was Dark Man happily ever after? Was it The Gift? What the hell? No, The Gift. I don't know. If, I don't know how happy that was. Uh, I don't remember it that well. Yeah, it's one of those movies I got to watch. Uh, I'd probably have to watch again. I haven't seen that in a long time, actually. It's been a long time since I've seen it because I think everybody saw it at the time for the obvious reason. Everybody saw it, or at least most people were paying attention to it anyway. Right. Because, you know. Dude, the most popular movie of the year, according to that I watched, was Flower Killers of the Flower Moon. <laughs> 4.2 average rating. Really? That is it that high? <laughs> uh, apparently among, you know, ratings on, uh, yeah, 4.2 highest average, lowest average was the exorcist 2.0 and, wow. uh, you know, most popular killers of the flower moon, most obscure wow. movie I watched <laughs> Tim Flynn's watch it, watch it, watch it. You know, what's funny about the gift is that, Everybody knows it's the same Raimi movie, but I, the fact that if you were re, try to remind me, hey, what movie did Sam Raimi do with Kate Blanchett? I would not have remembered that movie at all. Dude, that is, I love that movie. I mean, it's got yeah. some really good, I mean, Hilary Swank's great in it. Keanu, dude. Yeah. Was, I think that maybe was the first time I ever saw Keanu play, um, you know, a fucking total douche because his Donnie Barksdale character is a fucking all-time creep for sure. Yeah. And uh, Kenny is fantastic in it. I mean, that's a cast. Yeah, that cast is really G-Butter good. BC is actually pretty good in it. Yeah. I, I always forget that he's in it until I watch it. And I'm like, oh, yeah, it was for BC. And then uh, who, uh, Katie Holmes, Kinnear. Yeah, right. it's, uh, you know, it's that lost Sam Raimi film. That, that, you know what else I forget about that is a Sam Raimi movie? I always forget that Simple Plan is Sam Raimi. Yeah. Which I just rewatched. It was Simple Plan what kind of stemmed the the connective tissue to them doing this movie, right? Cause Billy Bob, cause he, Billy Bob and Tom Epperson co-wrote the gift. And then simple plan always says Billy Bob, did Billy Bob write that too? Simple plan. Yeah, uh, possibly. But I feel like it's, or, uh, no, I'm thinking of one false move. Um, yeah. One false, for, yeah, for yeah, Epperson, one, Epperson did one false move. That's what it yeah, was. Yeah. Which was, was where, yeah, the guy, the dude, I, I picked up the criterion, uh, when that came out and, uh, Fuck, dude, I wouldn't, if you would have t- said, hey, that movie's from 1991 or 92, I would have been, I thought, you know, in my mind, it seems like it was later on than that. God, I love that movie. Yeah, that is a good movie, man, if you haven't seen it. It really is really good. One False Move. You know what else, dude, here's our urine. What I watched, uh, just put on and realized, I was like, God damn, I haven't seen this movie forever. I watched Bad Company with Fishburne and Barkin. So great, dude. Dude, there. I totally forgot how it ended. First of all, like because I was like, yeah, I, I hadn't seen it in so long, but I forgot. Like Michael Beach is in it. Speaking of one false move, oh right, he shows up in it, and uh, the girl who plays uh, the uh, David o- and I forgot David Ogden Stiers. <laughs> Jesus, he's so Winchester great. from dude. And how tall is that guy? There's a scene where he's standing in an elevator with Fishburne, and Fishburne's not a short guy. David Ogden Stiers must have been six five. I mean, he's a big dude. I I remember meeting him once, but I was so young when I met him, so I wasn't even really that tall yet. Yeah, six four. Yeah, he's big, dude. Like you see it. I mean, because Fishburne's probably six one. Yeah, 
But man, Styers. But what a good cast. And uh, I forget the actress's name, but I recognized her as Robin Swallows from Austin Powers. <laughs> and I was like, holy shit. Because I, I, I didn't remember that she was in Bad Company and she has a very vital part in the movie. Right. But yeah, man, that is a that is a really slick movie, man. Yeah. Which I feel probably, you know, it's a movie that probably doesn't get as much love and people, you know, it seems like it's a forgotten, uh, you know, kind of a forgotten gem of the nineties. Yeah. We talked about it during Deep Cover, I think was when we were when we talked about it not numerous times, but I think we kind of delved into it a little bit more there. But yeah. Bad Company is solid, yeah. It's a good one. I mean, that's how you know what? And come to come to think of it. Uh, when we covered the fan, I think we probably mentioned it again then too. But yeah, because we were talking about Barkin, yeah. just sort of her, you know, being that actress that you know you'd kind of like to be in everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so for sure, isn't there? Um, what's the what's the name of that um, that doc about Mash? Oh, it was something like the 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 show that changed television. I forget what was the, one, the name. Yeah, of what it. is that thing called? The comedy that changed television. That's what it was called. How original. Yeah. It's on Hulu, right? Yeah, it just it just hit. Yeah. Yeah. It came up in my, because uh, I watched, during the pandemic, I watched like the first four seasons of MASH. It's funny, I always tap out of MASH as soon as Colonel Blake and Trapper John leave. I don't, well, I don't, I don't like it anymore. <laughs> it has its moments, you know, it definitely had a total shift, you know, as more, you can tell them Alan Alda had more, his, to- his sensibilities had more of a influence on the show. Yeah. And it's not that I don't like, I mean, it's just, I don't care for the, you know, once Trapper left and BJ Honeycutt, it wasn't that and losing Frank Burns and losing, uh, Colonel Henry Blake. To me, the show just kind of was like, it kind of, it shifted in tone and became like a different show. Right. Uh, Maybe they talk about it in the doc. I'm definitely going to check it out for sure. Yeah. yeah. It's it's playing on Fox also. That's why that's where it started. I think they started showing it last week. It's only one. It's only one episode in, so it's a week old. I don't know if they've been shown it after football. Maybe it's when they've been shown. I don't know. Wow. Um, you know, don't worry about watching it live because it is on Hulu. So, I don't know. Mash the comedy that changed television. The comedy that changed television, and it did too. Because I, for the, it was such a weird thing. Because you know, for me, I, I was aware of the movie. Obviously, I was aware of the theme song, but I was more aware of the theme song because of Doctor Demento with the lyric version of the song, Suicide is Painless. But one of the first conversations I ever had with my dad about the show was when he was watching, I said, how come there's no laughing going on during when they're in their operating room? And they kind of explained it to me. I'm like, I was all like eight or nine years old or whatever I was. I mean, I didn't get it. But then once he explained it to me, I'm like, oh, that makes sense. His explanation obviously was pretty clear. And even for a nine-year, eight, nine-year-old, given the idea why they're doing it made sense for me and... Yeah, that whole show was. I think the I think the one. I mean, the last episode was rough, dude. I mean, it was like everybody everybody watched it, but the whole thing with Hawkeye dealing with his mental state and the whole thing with the baby on the bus—that fucking thing. Jesus Christ! I don't even remember. The only thing I remember about the last episode of Mash is the uh, aerial shot at the end where he spelled goodbye with rocks. That's right. it. That's all yeah. I remember. <laughs> What I always thought was crazy about MASH is that it lasted three times longer than the Korean War. Which is really funny. The Korean War lasted three years and a month. Yeah. 37 months. And then (laughs) MASH lasted 11 seasons. (laughs) Yeah, you think there's a certain point where you kind of go, wait, what? It's like, okay, so I talked about The Walking Dead a while back. 
I still don't know how many. I mean, this show was on for so many seasons, and it's and it's the seasons don't equate to how many years it was on the air. Unfortunately, because they were doing those half seasons, and it was always very confusing. I never knew how far into it they were. And uh, there's at one point on Fear the Walking Dead, which I'm, I'm wrapping up right now, um, where they fast forward seven years. But it's the only time they ever say it's been seven years. Like you actually have some kind of number, but you still don't know what the number was of how long, how much time it expired before those seven years. Yeah, I don't understand that kind of stuff. But yeah, it's funny how time works when it comes to entertainment. Right? It's like, is this, is this, is this a day-to-day story? Is it a week-to-week story? Is it a month-to-month story? Yeah, it's weird. But, yeah, but when you have a character, when you have <laughs> actors on the show that age seven years or eleven years in this case, with, yes, <laughs> with Mash, it's noticeable. Well, yeah, totally, man. I mean, to look at Alda from season one to look, and look at Alda like season eleven or whatever it was. Yeah, I mean, his hairs. I mean, he's so. I mean, and look, you could say it's the, you could attribute it to the horrors of war and everything else. Uh, and <laughs> when I was a kid, again, it's like the original Star Trek. It was in syndication, so I, I don't know. I, I was probably just catching episodes and never, they weren't probably, you know, they didn't play them by, they didn't run them in season order. No, so no. it probably helped when I was a kid, you know, that I'm just sort of seeing them because you don't really notice that, you know, I wasn't like I was, I wasn't clocking the time change or the, you know, the age change or how much gray was in Aldo's hair as opposed to, <laughs> you know, right. the, the episode that had just ended 20 minutes earlier. So, it's uh, but yeah, it's a really good show. Like I said, I watched a lot of it during the pandemic, and those first four, three or four seasons, you know, that's as far as I tracked because I just kind of like, like I said, I tapped out once. Once people started leaving, you know, the characters that I liked, it, it just was like I was like, okay, time to go watch Rockford, <laughs> and it was the pandemic. And there's another thing too about the show too. It wasn't just the tone change. From those first two or three seasons, it still looked like it was still shot on film. I mean, it was always yeah. shot on film, but there was definitely a change in how they processed it. Yeah, at a certain point where it's it still looked like the the feature, but then all of a sudden it started looking more like everything else on TV. Right, like those the first three seasons, maybe the first four, they yeah. definitely look they just look just like the movie. I mean, yeah. it, you know, and you're sort of watching it, and it, and it looks it it looks like stock footage of, you know, newsreel footage. And it's cool. Um, it, you know, it's almost like you're watching a docudrama before, you know, people started specializing things in the, you're going to win an Oscar. Right. Event television. So, so they had two spinoffs, right? Well, there was after MASH right. and then Trapper John MD. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's funny because Trapper John had nobody from MASH. <laughs> no, no, it was Parnell, it was Parnell Jones, right? Pernell Roberts from uh, Bonanza, Adam Cartwright himself. That's right. That's right. Yeah. That show was like, and that show was serious. That was a serious medical drama as opposed Dude, to- Dude, I love Trapper John MD Dude, when I was so a kid. it was so good. It was so good. It's funny because I didn't make the connection until my dad had to tell me that, I, you know, that the character same. Trapper John was from, you know, it's, that's Trapper John from MASH. That's what he did after he left. And I'm like, wow, he lost his hair and grew a beard. <laughs> Yeah, I had to have that whole that whole thing uh, read read to me too by my dad because I didn't get it either. I'm like, oh, well, and then I was then my whole question was, well, why didn't he use the same guy? That's food. Yeah, dude, me too. I was like, where's Wayne? And Wayne Rogers was busy doing house calls apparently. <laughs> right. 
Um, and aftermath mash was just everybody else that was the everybody that was part of the show after that, that you where you started losing your interest is that's the cast right there. It's, yeah. yeah it's Klinger and fucking Sherman Potter and uh Father Mulcahy right yeah and Radar is Radar is Radar on the show yeah he carries over all the way through yeah he he goes all in all three see Radar when Radar left the show too dude that was you know yeah. Because Berghoff was the only holdover from the movie. And so, like, once right. he, you know, and then it just it gets silly and stupid. Like, you know, I mean, how many times you need to see Jamie Farr in a dress? That was my biggest problem. I was yeah. like, oh, enough, man. It's not funny now. It's like. But yeah, but dude, but Radar interacting with. Colonel Blake. Yeah, with Blake was just, there was just that that thing that they he just didn't have with. With Harry, it just wasn't there. Right. Dude, like when he comes in and tells everybody that Blake's plane went down, it's fucking, yeah. that, that's where I stopped. I was like, oh, I, don't, yeah. I had to stop watching. I mean, oh my God, dude. It, it's. I'm sure that was a super powerful moment in television too when it happened. Right. You know, in the in the day. Yeah, that was the, you know, the, something like that just didn't happen. No, because, and also you could keep things secret back then too because there wasn't an internet. Right. People weren't leaking that kind of shit. Right. right. You know, scripts weren't emailed back and forth and hacked and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, it was a lot easier to keep, uh, you know, your surprise end of the season thing under wraps. Yeah. And the most, one of the most watched episodes of MASH was that episode after he dies. Right. Yeah. It was uh, the, the start of the next, because that was, that was the end of season three or four. Three. Three or four. Yeah. 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 So season, yeah. Yeah, so definitely. I mean, and dude, you had to wait months. Good Lord. Yeah. And then you had a summer full of reruns. Yep. Such a weird thing to think about now. <laughs> right? Like you can't you can't even get you can't get studios to keep things on the streaming servers long enough to watch it a second time before they pull stuff because they're worried about paying that dollar fifty to those actors. Yeah, man. Like it's hard to fathom what uh, T V was like forty years ago. Yeah. They were making money hand over fist back then, man. They didn't care about residuals. No. No. Well, it's certainly an episode about MASH. <laughs> Unfortunately. <So>. Uh, <laughs> anyway, enjoy 2024. Yeah, so there you go. <laughs> Kickstart. Kickstart for you. Time machine version. I hope everybody has, has enjoyed our start to our more, more, more month. We uh, we dropped Mortal Thoughts last week. I listened to it again. It was it was really good. I was QCing it for Spotify. Uh, by the way, those of you that are listening to us now on Spotify for the first time or switching over to Spotify, thank you for listening. Uh, we said we had a lots of uh, lots of action. Lots on of action. Yeah, we had a lot. I mean, surprisingly, a lot. We really didn't put any kind of social media posts out there that we had. Uh, we're on Spotify now, but we are. But uh, we'll start of seeing some more of those social media posts late soon with links directly to that stuff. But yeah, no, I it was. It's that's a fun episode, and the rest of the month is. Again, <laughs> uh, schedules being what they are, we haven't had a chance to record number two, but hopefully it'll be in the next day or so. It is such a f- fun movie because it it might be the as as much as Mortal Thoughts was New Jersey nineteen ninety one. I think the next movie is just the epitome of ninety studio movies. Oh, one hundred percent. It is yeah. like yeah. yes. If there was a poster child for nineties <laughs> cinema. Studio films, this would be the one. I could tell you what it was. Uh, yeah, man, I'm excited to actually chat about that damn thing. Yeah, and the, yeah, there's a whole thing. Yeah, it's going to be good. Yeah, cool. 
All right, well, there you go. Hope that hope we just get you going this week and makes you want to watch MASH. <laughs> check out the, just check out the documentary, and yeah, then the doc- maybe that will make you want to watch MASH. Maybe, or maybe not. Right. Or maybe you don't want to watch MASH. Who knows? Cool. So if you want to follow the show on the socials, it's at KaratePod on Twitter, Insta, and Letterboxd. You follow Corey on Letterboxd at Corey underscore Culp, and on Insta at Culper97. And if you want to join in on Patreon, it's patreon.com slash karate pot if you like to follow me you can follow me at rock and roll 33 on your instagram you could follow me at tom i love mash cody on <laughs> letterboxd you're in review 2023 <laughs> and if you're on blue sky you can follow me at, at the real john lad on blue sky